want you to take out your Bibles, if you will, please, in your sermon notes, which is on the back of your uh, handout that you received this morning. And I want to turn now and get our attention focused a little bit on Christmas. Uh, how many of you went Christmas shopping on Friday, uh, the day after Thanksgiving? Uh, Brother Darrell was talking about how you couldn't pay him to do that and, uh, in Sunday school class this morning. Well, that is, Brother Darrell, uh, he was talking about traditions also. That's a little bit of a tradition uh, for my family, especially my wife and I, and this year we included Kristen. I think Tyler was even out shopping also, uh, but we, we hit the market not as early as most, uh, but we were out there at 5.30 Friday morning, and uh, we got home at 5.30 Friday evening, 12 hours of, of shopping and eating, and, and it was just awesome. I just loved it. I just loved being in those long lines. I mean, it was just amazing. It was awesome. And the conversations you kick up with people and, and just to watch people. I'm like, for heaven's sakes, folks, this is supposed to be a joyful time, but they're cursing and swearing and, 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 and attendants that are doing their best to check people out. And I'm like, what's up with these, with these people? And so I would get to engage in conversation with different folks. Um, but then not only that, but the deals. Man, I hit some deals Friday morning. I was so excited. I saved 20 bucks on this one particular... I mean, and, and I told Daryl about it. I said, Daryl, you wouldn't believe. I got two of those little miniature trees to put on my front porch. I got them for $10 a piece, and they're regular, like $20 a piece. And, and, uh, and Daryl said, I would have paid somebody $20 to let me stay in bed and then go pile them at full price. And, uh, I don't know. It's just the little things of life, you know, that's kind of exciting. 20 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever. Uh, but anyhow, um, it, it was fun. I'm glad you're here this morning. I want to get our attention focused a little bit on Christmas. Uh, you know, almost the day after Thanksgiving, we immediately go there uh, in our minds and our hearts and start thinking about Christmas. So I want to try to get you off on a good start on the wonderful Christmas message that we find in Luke's Gospel, chapter number 2. Uh, so before we do go any farther, let's just go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day that you've given us, and thank you for the wonderful privilege to live in the United States of America, a land that you have blessed, because our leaders through the years and people through the years have looked to you, the author and the finisher of our faith, and we've built our nation around godly principles and values, and for that, you have blessed us. Also, because of your word to Abraham that you would bless those that blesses him and curse those that curse him, the Abrahamic covenant, that you'd bless those. And God, we have been an ally of Israel for many years. And because of that, you have blessed us. And Father, we are thankful. We're thankful most of all for our salvation. We're thankful for the hope of heaven. We're thankful for the, the, just the, the security of knowing that we do not have to die and go to hell because of the wonderful gift, God, that you gave in giving of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, you'd open up our hearts and our minds now. And, and Lord, help us to focus just briefly on your word this morning. And help us to have a better understanding through the message, the angelic message that was given to the shepherds. Through that message, help us to have a better understanding of what Christmas really means. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I wonder this morning, I ask the question to you, what does Christmas mean to you? Whenever you start thinking about Christmas and all the events that unfold there, 
what does it really mean to you? Whenever I think about that particular question, I then wonder, what does Christian or Christmas mean to, to an 80-year-old little man in South Africa somewhere that's living in a hut with no shopping malls and uh, no Christmas trees and no lots, no tinsels? What does Christmas mean to him? And then I start thinking about other people and other children and other situations, and I think about the little children that we sent the Christmas gifts to, to third world countries. These little children that just really fight every day just to survive, just to get through another day and try to find a meal and a place of shelter and a home. What does Christmas mean to them? And I don't have the answer for that, but that's kind of where my mind goes. What does Christmas really mean to those individuals? And then I think about our missionaries that serve all around the world, halfway around the globe, away from family, away from friends, away from loved ones, and they're there just so they can share the gospel message of the Lord Jesus Christ. I wonder what Christmas means for them. And I don't know how many of you are familiar with our missionaries. I hope and pray that you are. We've tried to make that information available to you. But I think about Darren and Dana Portel over in France. And I think about this past Thanksgiving as they shared a little bit uh, through the Internet, emails, Facebook, other different venues about what was taking place in their life and, and how they were celebrating with the people of France Thanksgiving and trying to communicate the gospel with them. I wonder, what does Christmas really mean to each and every one of us today? Well, I understand that Christmas means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. For the merchants, Christmas means Black Friday. For the merchant, Christmas means a day set aside where all of America is going to flock to the shopping malls. And hopefully there will be enough revenue generated to keep their stores open for the next year to come. For other individuals, I think about employees. How a lot of times employees look forward to Christmas just simply so the Christmas bonus is there. And, and they look forward to that Christmas bonus. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying that they look forward to that a lot of time. So they can get the bonus and go out and buy the goods. I think about teenagers and I think about adults and I think about all the Christmas parties that, that we work into our schedule and and all the fun that we're able to have with people we work with or people we go to school with. I think about children in America filled with anxiety and very impatient about Christmas morning and how they cannot wait to run down the stairs or come into the living room and see what Santa Claus has left under the Christmas tree. We all grew up with those types of anxieties, I guess, and those types of excitement, if you will. Christmas means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But what does Christmas really mean to you? What is this season that we're entering into, this season that we're starting to celebrate, what does it really mean to you? I feel sometimes in my heart that, that we're like the folks who decided to throw a, a huge party to a particular honor of guests. They sent out all the invitations. They all gathered and got the assembly hall ready. 
They had the food catered in. Everyone came at the designated time for the surprise party for the honored guest. Well, as everyone was showing up, people were filled with excitement and enthusiasm. They were, they were awed at the beauty of the, of the room that was beautifully decorated. They were impressed with the beautiful spread of food and fruits and vegetables and meats and desserts that had been catered in. But then all of a sudden, to their embarrassment, they turn around and they look for the honored guest. Well, in all the preparation and in all the excitement, they forgot to invite the honored guest. And they're there celebrating and going through all the festivities, and the person that they're celebrating is not even there. Well, we would think in our minds, how foolish. Well, we would never throw a party for someone and not invite the individual that is the honored guest. Well, guys, may I remind you that that happens every year at Christmas time. We go through the holidays and we go through the Christmas season and we do all the shopping and we have all the excitement and we have all the wonderful meals and we have all the get-togethers and we decorate our homes very beautifully. And, and, all, and if we're not real careful, we'll do all of that and forget the real reason for the season. And that's Jesus. Matter of fact... This year I've been trying, or my goal and my intent was to make a statement in our front lawn, there on the corner of Market Street and Harnett, I wanted to put out a beautiful yard nativity scene, and I wanted to have it all lit up, and I just wanted to remind everybody that Christmas is about Jesus. So my task Friday was not to come home until I had a yard nativity scene. Guys, do you realize that unfortunately I had to come home because I could not find a yard? Now, I found some inflatable thing, but I didn't really want an inflatable something. I could not find a nativity scene. I went to all the different places that you would think there would be a nativity scene to decorate your yards. But I found Santa Claus, I found reindeers, I found Christmas trees, I found winter type of accessories, but no nativity scene. My wife and I called one lady that worked in a particular store aside. And I said, ma'am, could you please help us find a yard nativity scene? Something that could be lit up with beautiful lots and different things, just some type of a yard nativity scene? Very quickly, almost very rudely, and almost very annoyed that we would even ask for a nativity scene, she says, well, we don't carry those, and I don't know anyone that carries those, and went on stocking her shelf. While she was stocking her shelf, I said, how sad, how sad that we can't even find a nativity scene. Can I get a witness? Hello, are you with me here? What are we doing? I didn't go to Ace Hardware, Becky. I, I see you right now. I just, I thought, oh, I didn't go to Ace Hardware. <laughs> you got one. I'm coming to Ace Hardware, okay? I just thought about you when I saw you right there. Listen, how sad it is that we go through all the festivities 
and we forget about the honored guest. We forget about the reason that we celebrate. Well, today I want to try to share with you a little bit from Scripture what Christmas means. Now, these are just a few thoughts, thoughts that I, that I jotted down. They're not theologically deep. Matter of fact, some may point a finger and say, well, that's kind of shallow. But these are some thoughts that came to me as I started reading the Christmas story once again. Turn in your Bibles if you have your Bibles with you. If not, I've got the scripture on the screen for you. But in Luke chapter 2, in verse number 8, this is a beautiful passage of scripture. It's the icon, if you will, Christmas story in the entire New Testament. It's the most favored, probably the most read, whenever you think about the Christmas story. Luke chapter 2 and verse number 8. It says, in the same region, shepherds. I want you to underline that in your Bibles. I want you to get a hold of the key phrase shepherds or, or word shepherds. Because I'm going to come back and talk briefly about that. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields. Keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, I love this part. Don't be afraid. For look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy. That will be for all people. Today, verse 11 is going to be my text verse. Verse 11. Today, a Savior who is Messiah, the Lord, was born for you. I want you to underline the word you. He was born for you in the city of David. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in cloth and lying in a manger or a feeding trough. And suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to people he favors. What a beautiful, beautiful story. The fact that God made this wonderful, angelic announcement to these shepherds, I believe helps us understand what the true meaning of Christmas is all about. Well, what is it all about? Well, you can go to John 3.16 and there you can put it all in a nutshell. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's what Christmas is all about. And that wonderful announcement God chose to reveal to the shepherds sitting on some Judean hillside, keeping watch over their flock and keeping watch over their sheep by night. Now, there's something you need to understand about these shepherds. These shepherds were on the opposite end of the social spectrum. These shepherds were not the elite of society. Matter of fact, the shepherds were the downcast of society. They lived literally in the fields with their animals. They were not respected in their culture. They had no power. They had no prestige. As a matter of fact, we would discover through Scripture that they were ceremonially unclean. 
I mean, they could not even go into the tabernacle. They could not even go or into the temple and worship because they were unclean. But yet, God's angel comes to these shepherds and he makes this announcement in verse number 11. And he says, unto, get this key word, you. Get that. He's talking to the shepherds. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. Unto the shepherds a Savior was born. So with that one simple announcement, I want to share with you three thoughts that came to my mind as I started unpacking really verse number 11. Jot these down, if you will, please. What does Christmas mean? Well, I believe, first of all, it means that God knows you and you are important to Him. Now, get that, guys. God made this wonderful announcement to these shepherds. The lowliest of all the lowly people. The bottom of the, of the spectrum, socially speaking. And He comes and He makes this wonderful announcement to these shepherds. That just makes me know that God knows me. He knows you. He knows exactly where you are. He knew where those shepherds were sitting on that Judean hillside. He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly what the struggles that you face are. He knows exactly what's going on in your heart and in your life. He knows you. I don't know about you, but that's pretty encouraging. You see, a lot of people go through life wondering if they're if there's any reason for existing. But I'm here to tell you, there is, because God knows you. He knows who you are, and you are important to Him. You see, all throughout Scripture, we see where God takes the, the cast-down things of society and uses them for His glory. We see where He takes the small things, or the people that aren't real prominent, and He will use them to reveal His glory. You see, in God's eyes, there are no big eyes and little U's. Hello? In God's eyes, He loves everyone. And I'm here to tell you today, when you think about Christmas, I want you to know that God knows you and that you are important to Him. I want you to listen to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, in verse 26 and following. He says, Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things. Over and over through Scripture, we can see where God used those little people in the world's eyes to do wonderful, great things in society. I think about a young Jewish boy that was sold into slavery. He was abandoned, really, by his brothers, had care less about him. Matter of fact, they wanted to kill this young Jewish brother of theirs. And a caravan of gypsies, if you will, came by. And they sold him for a little bit of silver and gold. The gypsies take him down into Egypt. Next thing you know, this little Jewish boy is in prison, small, in the social status of Egypt. But when God had a message for mighty Pharaoh, you know what he did? 
He looked down into that dungeon to a forgotten little Jewish boy that his own brothers had sold him off into slavery. Others have lied and, and used him deceitfully. And he used this young boy. You may be familiar with the name. His name is Joseph. He used this young boy to deliver this wonderful, mighty, great message to King Pharaoh. What's my point? God chooses to use the little things to reveal his glory. I think about another time in the New Testament when Jesus was on the hillside and he was preaching and teaching to the multitudes there. But everyone had gathered and there was no food there. Well, that's not completely accurate. There was a little bit of food there. There was a little lad, a small boy, that had brought his mother's lunch that she had packed for him to that Judean hillside there where Jesus was speaking on the hillside. Two fish and five loaves. And God used the small thing that that boy had to feed the 5,000 plus. Now, you've got to remember, in the biblical times, they only counted the men. They only counted the males. So there's 5,000 men, not counting their wives, not counting the children. There could have easily been 10 to 15 to 20,000 people there that day that Jesus took a small boy's lunch and he fed the multitudes. So when God decided to select a mother for his son, I want you to understand this, he went past the fashion salons and the beauty parlors of Nazareth or, or, or Jerusalem. He went past the furs and the diamonds and the gold. And he went to an insignificant village called Nazareth. And there he found a peasant girl. She did not dress in designer clothing. She did not have a sophisticated education. But she was holy. She was pure. She was godly. And God chose this little woman. You may remember her name. Mary. To allow his son to be born into the world. The world looks at that and says, that's foolish. God looks at that and says, I'm going to use that to confound the wise. So when God makes this announcement to the shepherds, it's like Jesus saying on the Sermon on the Mount, if God cares about the sparrows and the lilies, then he cares about you and he cares about me. And if God cares about the shepherds, then I'm here to tell you that he, that he cares about you. Now that's a message that we need to hear. We are not forgotten people. No matter what takes place on January the 20th, when there's the changing of the guard of the president, God still knows you. He still cares about you. No matter what situation you may find yourself in, I'm here to tell you today that God cares about you. Children, teenagers, young adults, middle-aged, senior citizens, God cares about you. He knows who you are. And that's the message that I think everybody needs to hear. Amen? He came to these shepherds. And just the fact he came to them reveals to me and reveals to them that he cares about them and they are important to him. I'm here to tell you today, Christmas means that God cares about you. And he knows you. And you are important to him. Now that ought to encourage us a little bit. Hello? The fact that a sovereign, mighty God cares about me. The second thing, and once again, I told you it isn't real deep, but it just kind of what struck a chord with me as I'm reading this, especially verse number 11. The second thing I want you to jot down when we think about what does Christmas mean, 
It means that your life matters. Your life matters. I know it's real close to the first, but your life matters because God loves you. Luke chapter 2, verse 11. Unto you is born. (laughs) Have you ever felt that your life was insignificant? Have you ever wondered whether you needed to, to live or not? Have you ever wondered if it even matters? Yeah, we all have. I guess we've all been there. Does it even matter that we're alive today? What difference does it make if I wake up in the morning or not? No doubt those shepherds, they had heard that the Messiah was coming. But there they were on that hillside, a reject, cast down from the social status of their culture. No doubt they had to wonder, does it even matter if I get up in the morning? I'm just taking care of a bunch of sheep. Have you ever been there? Have you ever got to the point where you think, does it even matter? Well, I'm here to tell you today, because of Christmas, and because of the message, the angelic message to these shepherds, and because of the gift that God gave, I'm here to tell you today that your life does matter because God loves you. That simple message that He gave to the shepherd reveals to all of us that our life matters. For God so loved you, and God so loved you me that he gave what's the value of a life what's the value of a soul the scripture says if a man would gain the entire world and lose his soul there's there's no comparison in that the value of a life and the value of a soul would have to be the value of the price that was paid to purchase that individual And the only way we can really see that is to look to the cross and see that God gave His most precious gift of His only Son and He allowed Him to die on an old rugged cross so that we could live. I don't know about you, but that speaks to me that my life matters, that God loves me. In Romans chapter 8, verse 35 and following, it talks about what shall separate us from the love of God. And then it goes through a whole list of different things and it says there's nothing. There's nothing that will ever separate us from the love of God. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter where you have been. It doesn't matter what you have said. I'm here to tell you today the good news is that God loves you. And the greater news is He always will. I mean, there's not one thing that you can do to earn God's love and there's not one thing that you can do to lose God's love. He has chosen to love us unconditionally. I don't know about you, but that makes me a little more, I guess, comfortable in knowing that my life matters because I am the object of God's love. Many years ago in the hill country of Kentucky, two farmers were standing in a snowy field. One farmer looked to the other farmer and he said, Anything exciting happened today? And the other farmer said, Nah. Nothing that, I'm not, that I know of. And then he says, oh yeah, that, there was a, a baby that was born over at Tom Lincoln's home. But nothing ever exciting happens around here. Well, as history now tells us, the baby that was born in the home of Tom Lincoln one day became the president of the United States. And because of a man by the name of Abraham Lincoln, the course of history has been changed 
Slaves have been liberated, and one life made a difference. I'm here to tell you today, your life matters, and your life can make a difference. I wonder if the people of Bethlehem, on that night so long ago, they're walking around. Anything exciting happen today? You know, as they're walking through the marketplace. Nah, nothing ever really exciting happens around here. Oh, yeah, there, there was a woman. She had a baby down in the barn. But nothing really exciting ever happens around here. <laughs> that baby that was born certainly changed the course of history as we know it today. And I'm just here today to tell you that your life matters. You're here for a reason. You're not here by accident. And let me say this. I don't care how you were conceived. Whether you were planned or thought to be an accident by your parents, you're not an accident. Amen? Every child that's ever been conceived, I believe, has been conceived because God allowed that child to live and had a purpose for that child to exist. Amen? Well, if we didn't believe that, why get all concerned about abortion rights? Hello? Hey, by the way, we are pro-life around here, just in case you didn't know that. Hello? We, we do believe, and I won't stutter about this, and neither is my pay grade too uh, low or too high to answer this question. But life begins at conception. Hello? Maybe I shouldn't have went there, but I value life. Why? Because God values life. Our life matters. And God loves each and every one of us. Thirdly, and in closing, let me give you the last one. What does Christmas mean? Well, it means that your faith matters. Because without it, you cannot please God. Your faith matters. Your faith. Not only does God know you and you're important to Him. Not only does life matter and God loves you. But thirdly, your faith matters. And without it, you cannot please God. In Hebrews 11, in verse number 6, it says, Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. The only way that we can please God is by placing our faith in Him. Now, think, if you will, about these shepherds on that hillside country. They probably had more faith than all the scribes and the Pharisees who went to the synagogue every day. They believed that a Messiah would come. They believed that all of God's chosen people were, were, were going to believe in a Messiah that would come. I mean, they had hopes and admirations and dreams about that. But no doubt when they probably fell in some hard times, or some difficult times, or times of poverty, or times of enslavement, or, or times of exile, they would possibly think, is the Messiah going to ever come? But they had faith that He would. And one day God revealed to those shepherds the faith, the hope that they had been trusting in the Messiah that he was to be born. And God, just let me remind you that your faith matters. No doubt these shepherds wanted to quit. And there are probably times when you want to quit. There are probably times when the going gets tough and the going gets hard and we're ready to throw in our towel and get out of the whole Christian thing and just kind of go do our own life. But I'm here today to tell you your faith matters. Don't give up on God. You may be going through a difficult time, but I want you to know God knows where you are. He's concerned about you. He loves you. He will see you through it. All of His promises are yea in Christ Jesus. He has never forsaken you. He has never rejected you. He will see you through. The shepherds, no doubt, had wavered on their faith from time to time. Night after night after night, watching over those sheep, 
But in the end, they did not quit believing in God. And I want to encourage you to continue on in your faith. Because that's what pleases the Lord. Because unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That, that in and of itself, that wonderful message, that wonderful proclamation ought to lead you through the whole Christmas season with a heart filled with joy and love and compassion and excitement and enthusiasm. Because life is really more than just the present. Because of that child that was born, we have hope of heaven. I told someone earlier and all last week, I don't see how people make it through difficult times in their life with the loss of a loved one without a hope of heaven. I mean, that's the only thing that sustained me and got me through. Besides, Daryl pulling me aside and say, suck it up, be a man, deliver the message. <laughs> There's a whole story I'll tell you about that. You know, faith that we're going to see our loved ones again. Faith that this is not our home. I like what Brother Paul said when we were going around in Sunday school class asking what we're thankful for. He said, I'm thankful this is not my home. We're just passing through. We're just pilgrims. Hello? Don't get so earthly minded that you're of no heavenly good. This is not our home. Our home is in heaven. That's where we're headed. That's what we're preparing for. And we want to take more and more people with us. Therefore, may I remind you of John 14 and 1 following, where the Lord said, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Guys, that's the, that's the anchor of our faith. We're praying for the Lord to come again. And He's coming again. He's promised us all through Scripture that He's coming again. So in essence, we're a whole lot like those shepherds. Well, they were looking for the Messiah to come. And He came and He was born he carried out the gospel plan, died on the cross, was buried, rose again, ascended to the Father. We're in the church age, the day of grace now. But I'm looking forward to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but sometimes the way gets weary. Sometimes the life gets hard to live. The burdens get heavy. I'm looking forward to going home. I'm not talking about 617 North Market Street, Mascuda. I'm talking about heaven. I'm looking forward to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you just think you knew how to have a good time down here. You just think you've had some wonderful moments on this life, in this life. That won't hold a candle to what we'll get to experience when we're with the Lord. And I'm like those shepherds. You think he's going to come? Oh, I'm looking for him today. And I, I, I would love for him to come before I even finish preaching this message. I'm ready. And I hope and pray you are. I wonder as every head is bowed and every eye is closed. What does Christmas mean to you? Those are some of my thoughts 
whenever I think about Christmas. But what does it mean to you? If you're here this morning and you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, then I want you to know that's where it begins. It begins at the foot of the cross. I was watching a little bit of John Hagee's ministry this morning. And many of you have possibly read the classic book by John Bunyan, Pilgrim's Progress. That's now out in DVD format in a movie. As he was carrying the weight, the burden on his back of sin, there was a tear that came into my eyes. I was watching this on the TV and a big knot that came in my throat when he got to the cross and he saw the cross. And when he saw the cross of Jesus, the sin, the burden, just fell off of his back and rolled down the hill and then vanished away. Guys, life's too hard to go through life carrying all your burden of guilt, sin. Give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. I love the old hymn that says, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' Across the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. What ground are you standing on this morning? Are you standing on the ground of the solid rock of Jesus? Or are you standing on the ground of self? Your own works, your own ambitions, your own goals, your own desires? I want to ask you this morning to trust in Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning and there's just a need of some sort in your life. Maybe the Holy Spirit's already put His finger on it in your heart and in your life. I want you to know we're here to pray for you. Our deacons and their wives are here to pray for you. Maybe you've got a need and and you just need someone to grab you by the hand or put their arm around you and pray over you. If that's you this morning, I'd like to ask you just to get up out of your seat and just walk to the back and, and just ask one of these families to pray with you. You don't even have to tell them all the particulars. Just tell them you've got a burden that's a little bit too heavy to carry by yourself and you need someone to pray for you. If you're here and you haven't accepted Christ, I'm going to ask you right now to open up your heart's door. Receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Ask Him to come into your life these families can help you do that as well. Father, we commit this time of reflection and invitation to you. God, I've just tried to share a little bit of what Christmas means to me with our congregation. Oh, how exciting it had to be for those shepherds, the rejects of their society, to receive such wonderful news. Messiah had come. Father, we thank you that as you spoke to them, you speak to us today. Maybe not with an angelic messenger, but certainly in our hearts and our spirits, through your word, through other people, through circumstances, 
God, you speak to us. Help us to heed your word today. Help us to listen to your voice. And God, help us to honor you, the honored guest, during this Christmas season. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Will you stand with us this morning and we'll sing this song.